0: Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, November 18th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. My goal is to keep you up to date in the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in and I will keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, uh, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 Four hundred eleven fifty, or online at themoneyr And the lineup for today's show: I have Sandra Early with Early Insurance Solutions. It's about time you get health insurance. That's the conversation we'll be having with Sandra today. Also in studio, Scott. Shafe with SW Group Credit Repair, Credit Miss, and Credit Repair. Last guest in studio, or last two guests in studio, Vivian Peterson and Debbie Yeager with Windermere Real Estate Shoreline, flipping homes in the Seattle market. Uh, great information, great guest in studio. And for more information on any topics or topics you'd like to hear on future shows, please call the show at 855 400 1150 Again, that's one 855 41150 or online at the hour.com And let's start out today's show just as I do every show with a little money chat. Money. I thought we'd talk a little bit about bi-weekly payments with your bank. I am in the mortgage arena. That's my expertise. And I thought it would be good to bring this in. Just we're getting a little towards the holiday, thinking about saving money, also thinking about budgeting and doing things different next year. And bi-weekly payments to pay your mortgage off quicker might be something that you're thinking about. So I want to give you some things to consider uh, before doing that. Numerous companies say that you can save Lots of money by settling up bi-weekly mortgage payments, and all you have to do is pay an enrollment fee, a few hundred dollars, and a small monthly handling fee, and the payment company will handle the rest. It doesn't make financial sense when you if, if you could just do this yourself because you could save those handling fees and that small monthly fee. So if you don't have to pay the company to reap the benefit of making half of the mortgage payment every two weeks, to understand why, you need to know why bi-weekly by, by payment companies Do this just as important what they don't do. So, what companies do help, they make an extra mortgage payment each year, and this will save you thousands of dollars and shave years off of your 30 year loan. So, this is true. What they don't tell you is how they apply those payments, they're not applied immediately to your loan balance. When you enroll into the biweekly payment program, you authorize the company to debit your bank account to extro- extro- electronically every two weeks. The money goes into account controlled by the payment company. When the company has debited your account twice it has enough to make your full payment, which sends your mortgage payment to the servicer. Now the magic of a biweekly payments is based on the fact that there are 52 weeks in a year. So when your bank account is debited every two weeks, you make 26 half payments a year, equivalent to 13 monthly payments. An extra payment a year makes a big difference when you look at that amortization schedule. So for an example, if you borrowed 100,000, let's just say at a 6% interest rate over a 30 year period, you would pay about 600 bucks. Monthly principal and interest payment. Now let's say taxes and insurance bring the monthly payment to a thousand. By making an extra thousand payment every year, you would pay off the mortgage in just about twenty-two years, knocking almost eight years off the loan and saving about thirty-four thousand dollars in interest. So save this same amount each. Uh, month by doing it yourself so you can just actually make an extra payment a year there are several ways to uh, um, to get this benefit you can save up your your money and make the extra payment each December. Or on any month that you choose, telling the mortgage servicer that the extra money should go towards principal. Now, this is important that you want to direct them where to put it because otherwise, sometimes they might just put it into your escrow account if they're not directed uh, and know what to do. So you want to make sure that you specify that. Or you could divide your monthly payment by 12 and send that amount plus your regular payment every month, again, instructing the mortgage servicer to apply that towards principal. Now, some lenders will let you write one check that includes the regular mortgage payment plus an extra towards principal. Other lenders are going to prefer that you write two checks, one for the regular mortgage payment and the extra towards principal. So make sure that you're asking what method that you want to follow and, again, just directing it to go directly towards principal. Otherwise, it's going to go into an escrow account and sit there until you pay off your mortgage, which is not going to do you any savings. So if you pay a company to debit your checking account every two weeks and automatically make that extra payment for you every 12 months, with most services, you would pay one online setup fee for about 200 or 500 bucks plus your service fee, which is $2, $2 to four, 250 to 450 for each biweekly payment. So over 20 years, you would end up paying at least $1,600 in fees. So I don't know about you, but an extra $1,600 can be used for something. Maybe it can be used to get um, things set up with my next guest that I'm going to talk with on Sandra. So that's a little bit for Money Chat. And coming up next on the Money Hour, it's all about time for you to get health insurance. Sandra Early with Early Insurance Solutions right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break.
2: Welcome to Early Insurance Solutions. Early Insurance Solution is an independent agency serving our community with cost-effective insurance coverage. We provide peace of mind insurance solutions for your every need. Our specialty is to provide tailored insurance for business and personal lines. We also deliver the best rates for individual, group health, and Medicare insurance. The insurance companies we have selected to work with provide the best combinations of premiums, customer service, and reliability for your insurance needs. Our goal is to present our existing clients and new clients' peace of mind solutions.
3: Hi, I'm Sandra Early with Early Insurance Solutions. Please feel free to give me a call at 425-681-3253 for a quote. There's no obligation. We will enjoy working with you.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, November 18th show. I am committed to providing you knowledge needed to be successful in every area regarding your financing. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive from listening to the show. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can always call a show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com for any questions that you may have, or if you'd like to get connected with the guests that I have in studio today. And my first guest, regular contributor of the show, Sandra Early with Early Insurance Solutions. It's about time you got... Health Insurance. Sandra, thank you so much for coming back in uh, studio and sharing your wealth of information with my listeners. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. And a little bit about Sandra. Sandra has been an insurance professional for over 15 years with progressive experience in individual and Medicare insurance, as well as personal lines of commercial lines lines insurance Sandra has proven track record and reputation for working timelessly for her customers and is known for her relationship building skills she is highly skilled at providing training coaching and consultation Sandra is the owner of early insurance solutions in Bellevue Washington she would she enjoys assisting you with any insurance needs so feel free to reach out to her at 425681. 3253 and you can also always uh, call the show or go online to the money hour and get Sandra's information as well so really excited to talk about uh, health insurance the importance of it and steps that my listeners need to take so Sandra to start off the show today uh, my time with you what is open enrollment for Medicare
3: Open enrollment for Medicare is October 15th through December 7th. So we have about 17 days left for that process. And for individual and family health care, we have uh, until December 15th about 30 days to close if you're looking for enrollment on January 1st, um, 2018.
1: Okay. So, Sandra, when should uh, my listeners enroll in a Medicare
3: plan? So in a Medicare plan, they should enroll uh, when they turn uh, 65. So you have a seven-month window to to, uh, create that, um, the month of your birthday, three months before, three months after. So we're right in the period now where um, we can change plans, but uh, if you're still aging in, that could be any time you're uh, within that seven-month window.
1: Okay, so it's, it's critical these timing um, times that they're doing it at the right, and they're not missing that opportunity. That is correct. Yeah. So how can you help people uh, that
3: are new to Medicare, Sandra? How we can help people that are new to Medicare is, basically, I start with a needs assessment. Mm -hmm. They have an interest in um, changing from, say, their corporate account into their own um, Medicare account. So it's a little bit different. I help them by understanding the language. We create a little... A, B, C, and Ds of Medicare and have them go through uh, the steps with me. We don't want to talk about budget at first. What we really want to talk about is their needs. Are they married to the doctor that they've been with for so long? Mm. What kind of um, prescriptions are taking the hospital that they like? Uh, The area that they live in, all of that will have bearing on what they choose.
1: Yeah. So just like everything else in, in your finances, you're, you want to tailor it to whatever your specific needs are and having an expert that can help coach you around that to make sure you've got the right plan is going to sure. be critically important.
3: You bet. Yeah. For sure.
1: So Sandra, let's talk about the eligibility for
3: Medicare. For Medicare, you must be, um, 65 or under 65 if you have a disability. Okay. Um, so that's, that's the uh, the basis of it. You also have to be eligible for Part A and B. Eligible for Part A, which is the hospital portion. Mm-hmm. Part B is the medical portion, and um, enrolled in that before you can go over into the plan.
1: Okay. So can you break down the Medicare choices for my listeners?
3: Yes, I can. So Medicare choices... Begin with um, the floor of it is original Medicare A okay. and B. Uh-huh. Uh, the next level would be MedAdvantage plans, which are offered by individual insurance age companies. Okay, so they may include a Medicare Part D as well. So that would be A plus B plus Part D. Alrighty, and okay. uh, then the next tier would be. what I call Medicare on steroids, it's Medicare supplements, or they call them Medigap policies. Okay. So those are the three, and there are various combinations. We actually did a combination in one of our recent seminars. There could be seven different combinations of which you could choose one.
1: Got it. So, what if somebody um, has set up their policy and they're not happy with it, are they able
3: to cancel that policy? So, um, they have an opportunity. the policies are 12-month policies. Let's say that it's uh, January 1st and they don't like the policy that they're trying trying out. They have a window to cancel it beginning January 15th through February 15th to cancel that policy mm-hmm. that would take them back to original Medicare, Part A and Part B. Okay. They could also uh, discuss a possibility of going into a supplement plan, which would be uh, a little bit more detailed, but they could do that.
1: Okay. And what about special needs plans?
3: Special needs plans. So there's something for everyone. So for uh, folks who are dual eligible, Medicare and Medicaid. Okay. Lower income. Yep. They're called uh, special needs plans, and uh, they're very robust. It would enhance what you have from f- on original Medicare Part A and B mm-hmm. into a full um, blown, I would say, policy that, in, that would include not only the prescription drugs, but other benefits as well. Okay. It's very nice for them.
1: Okay. And so let's talk about the cost of Medicare.
3: So the cost of Medicare, there are plans that range from zero premiums all the way up to as much as you could possibly afford, probably uh, over $200 a month. Okay. Um, did a, uh, a cost-benefit analysis for an engineer recently who liked the Plan F, and it comes out to pr- roughly about $500 I've never heard month. you
1: talk about a Plan F.
3: Plan F is the most robust plan uh, in a supplement uh-huh. plan that would pay for all of your Part A and Part B uh, services. Mm-hmm. It would also pay for all your copays. Kay. It all pays all the deductibles, um, skilled nursing, blood work, and even some excess charges. It's also one of those plans that if you travel frequently out of the country. Um, if you had a medical event out of the country, it could uh, pay for 80% of your costs.
1: All right. So as far as resources, I mean, that's you know, I love having you in studio as well as my other guests to really provide uh, an expert in all areas regarding financing so that my listeners have a place to go to get that, um, that expert advice to know how to tailor, uh, whatever plan that they're looking for in their finances. Uh, what other resources are there, um, uh, outside of, of you, Sandra? So, outside of me, there are uh,
3: not get, very many,
1: but not very
3: many, <laughs> and certainly not with the follow up because you can call me uh, exactly. 24/7 basically, but uh, Social Security. Okay. Um, can look at your financial picture uh-huh. and make some determination if you need extra needs, help paying for your prescriptions or your premiums. There is the Sheba, which is uh, in our state, and the Sheba uh, outfit, basically state um, state providers, they can basically take you through all the processes and get you signed up. They give you some counseling. um You know, uh, help direct you to make the correct plan.
1: Okay. So, Sandra, when is um, open enrollment for 2018 health care plans?
3: The individual health care plans, we're in that period right now. It began November 1st uh, through December 15th. Okay. So there's about 30 days left for a January 1st open enrollment period. Got it. Okay. So we're in it right now. We're in it
1: right now. That's why I have you
3: in studio right now. Perfect timing. So, Sandra, what's happening
1: in Washington, D.C., related to uh, changing coverage options in
3: the healthcare world? So what's happening? Is there's a lot of spun spin. You can't help but turn on the radio and listen yeah. to you know all the buzz about uh, what the current administration has done. What's happening? Is it Obamacare? Is it Trump Care? It's yeah. like what do you call it? But regardless of what's happening, um, there are no changes basically for 2017. Mm-hmm. So and for if you have coverage that you purchased uh, for 2017, it will carry you through the end. Now. Looking at 2018, there are some changes. And what's happened because the administration took away some of the subsidies that will help lower the cost of the premiums from the insurance companies for the silver plans, and plans come in three metals, bronze, silver, and also gold. But for the silver plan enrollees, they're going to experience some increased premiums, Maybe higher deductibles, uh-huh. and they're afraid. There's. A there's just a lot of uh, folks that are upset in the, yeah. in the marketplace today.
1: Well, that's why it's so important again to have somebody that really understands what's going on and can you know can help tailor and, and put you in the right plan. So the current administration issued an order to stop paying uh, insurers for cost-sharing reduction subsidies. How does that impact rates and health care plans for 2017 and 2018, Sandra?
3: 2017 is set. We're just going to carry through the rest of the year. Okay. But for 2018. There are uh, determinations that we need to take a look at. The premium tax credit for enrollee that their enrollee receives is calculated based on the price of the second lowest cost silver plan. What are the factors that affect the premiums? Your age, the age of the family members, your Mm -hmm. family size, whether or not you smoke, where you live, the type of plan you choose. okay. So there are just a number of factors. It's kind of detailed. Um, Why did the premiums increase? Why did they? Primarily because the insurance plans don't have the subsidies to reduce that, Mm. so somebody has to pay. Yeah, exactly. Someone always has to pay. Exactly. So, Sandra,
1: what subsidies uh, does the Affordable Care Act, ACA, provide to enrollees?
3: So many lower health uh, care consumers may qualify for two kinds of financial assistance under the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. One of them are monthly premium subsidies. These subsidies result in a lower monthly premium or refund on the taxes at the end of the year. The second is the cost-sharing reductions. Um, There's CSRs, that's what they call them. Cost sharing reductions are only available to people who select a silver level plan. So regardless of whether you qualify for a health plan reduction, um, we can take a look at that and see if there are qualifications and you could probably qualify for some uh, reductions depending on where you are in the income.
1: Okay. All right. So, Sandra, the health plan now for 2017, that cannot be uh, purchased, right? That's correct. Okay. So, when can you buy health plan for
3: 2018? Um, anytime now okay. until We're December right. 15th for January 1st enrollment uh, target date. Uh, you could wait until the end of December, but that plan would start in February. Okay. So it's starting now.
1: Yeah. So is it mandatory that you purchase a health plan? No,
3: it's yeah. not mandatory. Yeah. So remember that um, the government decided that they, at one point in time, would charge a penalty. So the yes. current administration said, we're not going to do that anymore. So they have instructed the IRS not to uh, conduct that penalty. So, should you buy it? Um, I would think it's a good investment. Yes. Uh, looking financially, about what might happen if you broke your leg, and you know it costs ten thousand dollars to fix, you have a copay perhaps of $250, two hundred fifty dollars, two thousand dollar deductible, and a twenty percent coinsurance. You would actually pay about three hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah you know, rather than the 10,000.
1: Exactly. So let's talk about, um, you know, if I have a a listener that's uh, not earning income and wants to participate in a health plan,
3: what would be your uh, advice? So um, depending on where they are, in the scheme of their finances, how much money they earn a year, and they have actually no money, Uh they can actually come to Washington Health Plan Finder. Washington Apple Health is the Medicaid plan. that they can get for zero premium, full bore. So that's no income. Yes. What's considered the poverty level? Poverty level is considered uh, less than $30,000.
1: Okay. All right. So any financial um, help and support out there um, outside of what we've talked about, Sandra? Well,
3: the Affordable Care Act still provides that for you. Of course, the state provides um, Mm -hmm. uh, Medicaid for you. And um, that's about it. Okay.
1: So as we're wrapping up our time together, I'd like to just leave it with, um, uh, and I know we can't go into to detail. It can get kind of complex, but yes. with Medicare. So same rules apply for Medicare or Medicaid, or can you break that down a little bit?
3: Well, if you are a Medicare recipient and you have uh, little to no income, and depending on the poverty level, say mm-hmm. you have no income, that's a Medicaid. So you would go to the state and work it out there. If you have little to no income, as I said before, if you're special needs or even not a special needs, you might be looking at a zero uh, premium plan and see if we can get you help from uh, Social Security. And there's help available for everyone. It's not a one size fit all plan, mm-hmm. so um, don't be afraid to talk to a representative, a registered bro- broker, mm-hmm. someone that is um, educated on how to make things happen for you. What we want to do is make sure you're covered, you're healthy, yeah. and also it's affordable for you
1: yeah makes sense Sandra thank you again so much for coming into studio spending time with me and uh bringing in your
3: expertise uh from your arena thank you so much Tina I appreciate it as always
1: and coming up on, on the money hour credit miss credit repair that's my conversation with Scott Schuff with SW Group credit repair right here in 1150 AM KKNW after the short break
2: Is bad credit holding you back from getting a loan? The credit experts at SW Group can help you get back on the right track. Their team of experts has helped hundreds of people across the country fix their credit and get approved for the home of their dreams. Take charge of your financial future today. Call Scott Schaaf at 954-531-2153. Again, that's Scott Schaaf at 954-531-2153.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to the Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert Tina Mitchell right here on eleven fifty AM KKNW, the Saturday, November 18th show. I provide you news on everything money, fresh information on market trends and conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with the guests that I have in studio by calling the show at one 855 411 1150 Again, that's one 855 Four hundred eleven fifty, or online at themoneyr.com. And second guest in studio, Scott Chef with SW Group Credit Repair. And today we're going to be talking about credit miss and credit repair. Scott, thank you so much for uh, joining me again.
2: Always great to be back again, Tina.
1: Wonderful. And a little bit about Scott. Uh, Scott is nationally recognized credit expert and president of SW Group. A private referral-based credit repair organization that works with lending banks across the country to assist customers that have credit challenges, and uh, so important, um, Scott, having you on studio and talking about credit issues because they're a- almost everything uh, that we want to apply for for money and even a job is affected based on and looked at based on our credit score. So first, let's just open it up with uh, what is SW Group? A little bit about your company. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. SW Group is a private referral-based credit repair organization, and we work with banks across the country, primarily in the mortgage environment. When people go in to look to purchase a home and they're not able to get approved because they have certain negative items that are on their credit report and their credit scores are not high enough to meet the requirements uh, for approval, the banks will then send them over to us as a private referral, and we will dispute the negative items with the three main credit bureaus as well as the actual credit creditor themselves the actual collection company and in 30 days in a lot of cases we're able to get those negative items removed and mm-hmm. that in turn will raise the credit score and then they get approved for the loan
1: so Scott what can someone do uh, right now to help their credit scores well
2: the most actionable thing that you can do is pay down your balances And a lot of people don't realize this, but there's what's called a utilization ratio. The magic number is 30%. So anytime, if you add up all your credit cards that you have and get your limits, and you add up all your balances on all of your credit cards, so let's say you have $10,000 total in credit limits, and you have $5,000 total in balances, that would be 50% utilization ratio. That's bad. Any time mm-hmm. it goes above 30%, again, that's the magic number, uh, that can harm your score. So you always want to make sure to keep your balances low, uh, below that 30%, and always, always pay on time. That's very important as well.
3: Of
1: course. And, Scott, is it true, is still true that I know 30% is that, um, is that breaking for the utilization uh, piece of it, but is it still true that if it goes over 50% it gets even worse? Is yeah, that the, the higher that second, it goes...
2: The higher it goes then then obviously it's gonna affect you more negatively
1: yeah so those that are listening I'm um, you know like myself I, I, I use my credit card and everything I possibly could if I could pay my mortgage on my credit card I would do that because of the uh, free money for 30 days and the miles and all the great stuff that we get for you to using our credit card but if you're actually applying for a mortgage at that time or you're applying for something it's just known at that time during that period of time you want to make sure that you're not doing that or make sure that your lender has the ability to do a rapid rescore where you can pay that off because the challenges is, is the time you really don't know when it's going to be reported because it's not like it's reported right at that time um, because typically there's that 30-day grace. So uh, great information, uh, Scott. So what is the difference between credit repair versus debt consolidation?
2: Great question. And and a lot of people can confuse the two. Credit repair is disputing the negative items that are on the report Mm -hmm. to have them permanently removed off of the report. So let's say you have four credit cards that went to collections. We would dispute those through our process, and if if the item is removed from the report, it's it's gone. Now, with that consolidation, what that is, is it's contacting all of those credit card companies and coming to an agreement on a certain amount and, and paying one payment mm-hmm. each month. But what that's going to do is it's going to harm your credit, because it's going to Put settled for less than full amount on that, and it's going to put derogatory remarks on the report. Versus if if we dispute the item and the item is not able to be verified and we have it removed then it would be off the report completely. And there would be nothing negative regarding that item.
1: Yeah. And credit repair is never going to damage your credit score. But just as you said, debt consolidation absolutely does because they're, like you said, they're negotiating a lower um, balance deal with the bank and they're reporting late on that. I'm in the mortgage arena and it can be devastating to possibly depending on the loan and qualifying for a mortgage. And you can't go backwards on that. So a big difference there between the two of them. So Scott, Mm -hmm. how is, Is SW Group different from other credit repair organizations?
2: Yes, big difference. There's a lot out there. Okay. We have personalized service, number one, meaning that you have a direct contact here at the company. But not only that, we have the latest technology. And in fact, we've introduced brand new technology to our every client has their own online interface. And when you log into the interface, it actually gives you welcome video and explains the credit repair process, the portal. But not only that, it gives you a lot of information back there as far as understanding credit. Uh, there's videos to educate you as well. Not only that, we, l- we have an itemized list of every single item that we're disputing mm-hmm. and which I- item has been removed, the changes in the scores. Uh, the, the technology is really state of the art and, and top of the line and completely interactive. It's one of the best uh, platforms that's out there in the credit repair industry.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, great, Scott. And I'm, you know, I, a lot of times people will say, well, why would I use a credit repair company and pay a fee when I can do it myself? And I, you know, my answer is always the same. It's just like, you know, if you have a speeding ticket, are you going to take it to court by yourself or have an attorney? And if you do have a ticket to court by yourself, what are the chances it's going to get removed from your record? Um, as a credit um, company repair, a credit repair company, you know all of the codes and things and how they have to report things on the credit report to make sure it's exactly. within the fair Credit um, Act for Consumers. So um, well worth the investment, and that's exactly what it is, is an investment to your future. And ultimately, it will pay for itself when you're paying less interest and able to get that job you want because you have good credit history.
2: Yeah. And I always tell everybody, no matter what, if you ever have anything negative on your credit report, Mm -hmm. you know, number one, get a monitoring service. Number one, be aware of it each month. And if there's ever anything negative, you want to dispute it yes. to, to try to get it off the credit report. Even inquiries, even if you just mm-hmm. have inquiries, that's the only thing negative. You want to keep that credit report spotless and yes. be aware of it and and definitely monitor it. And Credit Karma and all those sites, you know, they only give you two bureaus, and the information really isn't that accurate. Yeah. So if if I recommend having a service where you monitor, you have all three credit bureaus. Uh, to monitor that.
1: Yeah, and it's important to know credit repair is not about getting things um, removed that shouldn't be there. That isn't mm-hmm. obvious, but it's about getting things removed even though they're supposed to be there because they're being reported inaccurately and against the consumer's right.
2: Yep, and a yeah. good site to go to is identityiq.com. Okay. They will give you all three credit bureaus and they will also give you all three credit scores. Um, they will give you basically. Very accurate information. But not only that, they give you $25,000 in identity theft insurance. They'll give you uh, pet care, elder care, lost wages. Uh, They'll hire attorneys if needed Mm -hmm. and lost wallet protection. You can even order your check systems report, which is if you go to apply for a checking account. So they give you all the bells and whistles. And what
1: is that? uh, What is that that website again?
2: It's IdentityIQ.com.
1: Okay, wonderful. Thanks, uh, Scott. Great resource. So there's a lot of myths out there um, about credit and credit scores. What What are some of those?
2: Oh, there's a bunch out there. Uh, number one, employers cannot see your credit scores. They mm-hmm. can only see your actual credit reports. Uh, So that's that's one that's out there. Uh, Another one is credit reports and credit scores are the same thing. A credit report and a credit score are completely different. Mm -hmm. The score is a numerical calculation that is sold as a product because it could be, uh, and FICO has many different versions that they use when populating a score. So there's different versions. The report is separate. Mm -hmm. And when you pull a report, it's going to populate the score based off of whatever algorithm that they're using.
1: Yes. Which what is there? Fifty three algorithms? How many are there now?
2: Oh uh, there's a whole lot. It's always <laughs> changing. Yeah. There's there's a ton of them out there. And and that goes to another point which is when when you I'm sure you get this all the time. They're looking to they're looking to go to get a mortgage and they they come in and they look at credit karma and they think their yes. scores are one thing and then mm-hmm. when they come into you and you pull the report it's something completely different. Always and the reason for that is is because when you go to a credit monitoring website they pull completely different algorithms. Mm-hmm. What it is is it's a business to consumer report. When you go to a bank, they're gonna pull a business to business report that's mm-hmm. gonna be based off of a FICO model. So the items will be similar but the scores the, the scores. actual scores themselves will vary and people that aren't educated or just don't know you know they think it's universal across the board and it's yeah. not when, you know if you go to 10 different credit monitoring sites you're going to get 10 different scores and if yes. you go to apply for uh, a car uh loan, they're gonna pull you're gonna tell you you have one score. If you Mm go to apply for a credit card, they could tell you you have a different score here, mortgage, different score there. So the scores can slightly vary. You just wanna make sure you focus on the items that are negative to, to go after those your balances are low and then no matter where you go you're going to have a decent credit score
1: yeah it's got another myth and this is a, a bad one that you really can't you can't recover from once you've done it and so it's uh, it's really good to know um, myth being that payoff cards that you're not using can you talk about that
2: well as far as cards that you're not using, people, you mean as far as closing the, the account?
1: Yeah, I'm sitting, I didn't mean to say pay off. I meant closing, closing accounts that right. you're not using.
2: Yeah, people, people will have accounts, and they'll say, well, you know, I'm not using this card, mm-hmm. and, you know, I got a $5,000 limit. I'm not using this card. I don't need it, so I'm going to just close the account because I think I've had people actually... They think that's gonna help their credit yes, because,
1: I have because they
2: close the account and say, Ha ha, look at this. I don't yeah. need it. But in fact it's the opposite. You wanna make sure that you keep that account open, just keep the balance at zero. Mm-hmm. And that will will help. You know, use it a little bit just to show a little bit of activity on it and that will help your score because they're gonna they're gonna see, Okay, well, we feel very comfortable. Loaning this person money because they have it available, they're using very little, and they're paying on time. If you close it, then they don't have anything to really judge off of, so you want to yes. make sure you just keep it open and and they'll they'll just increase your limits, you know let them increase your limits mm-hmm. and just don't use the card if you don't want to heck you don't even need to have it physically, yeah, I mean well, if you want to spend it a little bit, I mean just keep it in a drawer so <laughs> you don't need to carry it around with you every day yeah. in your wallet if you don't uh if you don't need to, but you definitely want to keep them open just. Use it a, f- a few times just to show a little activity mm-hmm. and pay it in full and just let it stay open. Yeah, you never and know they... if, if, you, and if you ever need it in an emergency or something later on in life, mm-hmm. who knows? But yeah. at least you'll have it at, at your disposal to be able to use it if, yes. if you need to.
1: And the, the why behind that is because part of the uh, credit score is based on the longevity or the time frame that you've had your account. So if you have an account that's been open for five years and you only have a few accounts, the other accounts are earlier or, or newer accounts, and you close that one out mm-hmm. for five years you're not using, um, you don't have that history. You lose history. that account
2: history, which is 15% of the pie yes. chart. Yes, so it can have score. a
1: huge uh, impact. Um, On on another note here, kind of uh, similar or around that, but not really, but uh, uh, getting added as an authorized user to someone's account because you don't have that longevity and history. And I would um, say you want to make sure, which is a great thing to do, but when it comes to a mortgage, uh, make sure when you're adding an authorized user that you're actually adding an authorized user where the history of that account is not going to be older than you are. (laughs) Because you can use authorized, be an authorized user on an account, but for a mortgage purpose, it doesn't. Come into play, or they don't like to use it. If you've got one on there that's been open for you know thirty years, and you're twenty eight years old, so or if it's open thirty years and you're twenty eight, and obviously you couldn't establish credit at that age, so just I wanted to throw that in there, uh, Scott. So uh, why understanding your credit score is so important?
2: Well, it affects it affects pretty much everything financially. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's how society judges you. You know, and people sometimes. Don't realize it until you really think about it. You know, uh-huh. no matter where you go for anything. I mean, for electric, for an apartment, for a house, for employment. In a lot of cases, uh, to, for getting approved for anything, as far as obviously a credit card mm-hmm. and whatnot. It's how society judges you. So obviously, you want to make sure that your credit report is spotless. You don't want to have anything negative on it. And if there is, uh, you know, people can call into the show and. And get a hold of us. We'll give them a free consultation and, and go over everything with them and, mm-hmm. and be able to advise them on the necessary steps. But it's very important to make sure that if you do have anything negative on your report to, to address it, to, to try to clear it up as yeah. quickly as possible.
1: So, Scott, what would you say the percentage of consumers that have errors that show up on their credit report?
2: It's hard to it's hard to say for a hundred percent, but uh-huh. about twenty okay. percent have roughly. You know, they've done congressional hearings on it and studies on it. You know, it's hard to put an exact number out, but there are a lot. There are a lot, and I see it all the time inaccuracies that are on there. Even even personal information as well. Yes, you know, people say oh, I never lived at that address. What is that? Mm-hmm. Or or we'll see. Tax liens or judgments that aren't even that person's—they're just somebody with the same name and lives in the same zip code, or yes. even collection accounts that are a relative with a similar social security number. There's inaccuracies all the time. It's yeah. hard to put an exact number on it, though, but. Uh, it actually could be a lot higher, believe it or not. It's, it's really hard to say for sure.
1: Yeah, and if you're just uh, tuning in as I'm talking with Scott, uh, Scott my credit repair uh, expert, um, credit repair is really important to go through regardless of if, if it's your issues that you have paid things late or if there's errors on there. It's really about getting that cleanup, up regardless if it was your fault or not. I've um, got to wrap up time uh, here, Scott, with you, but one last um, uh, call to action for my listeners from you would be What?
2: Well, if there's anybody listening to the show that has anything negative on their credit report that they'd like to address, just give the show a call, and we'll provide you with a free consultation, go over the entire report with you, and come up with a strategy and and be able to take care of it.
1: Wonderful, Scott. Thank you again for your uh, your time. I miss not having you in studio because you're so far away. So we got to get on the phone and talk to each well, other. But you sometime you are going to come here in, in South Seattle. Florida I don't is, want to hear so about amazing. it. It's, uh, yeah, it's
2: it's, uh, it's hard to get. You know, it's it's funny because I tell people. Well, we don't
1: have any hurricanes over here, so <laughs>
2: right, that is true. <laughs> uh, luckily, we 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 survive, so yeah. we're okay.
1: Good. Well, thank you so much, Scott. I look forward to talking with you again soon.
2: Okay. Thanks.
1: You're welcome. Bye. And coming up next on the Money Hour, flipping homes in the Seattle market, Vivian Peterson and Debbie Yeager with Windermere Real Estate Shoreline right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break.
2: Vivian Peterson is your local real estate professional with Windermere Shoreline. Over the past 30 years, Seattle has flourished into a booming metropolitan city, and Vivian has had the pleasure to experience it all. She is always looking forward to helping new families and friends with their next move. Find her online at VivianPeterson.com.
4: Hi, I'm Vivian Peterson. Give me a call at 206-818-8020 or email me at vpeterson@windermere.com. at
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome back to the Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert Tina Mitchell right here on eleven fifty AM KKNW, the Saturday, November 18th show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're heard my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at one 855 400 1150 Again, that's one 855 Four hundred eleven fifty, 1150 or online at themoneyhour.com to discuss anything regarding your finances or to talk with the guests that I have in studio today. And last guest in studio, surely not least, Vivian Peterson and Debbie Yeager with Windermere Real Estate Shoreline. We're going to be having a conversation around flipping homes in right here, the Seattle market. Thanks ladies for coming in. Thank, Thank you, Tina. Tina. And a little bit about Vivian and Debbie. Vivian uh, helping people bring fulfillment to their lives is what Vivian, Vivian loves about the business she's in. She's in the Seattle Seattle native with over 20 years of service experience. She has an eye for design and is knowledgeable about real estate market. Her love for the Seattle community is what led her to Windermere Real Estate, where she has helped people find homes they love as well as sell their home with her staging skills. Vivian enjoys being part of people journeys. And Debbie Yeager, a Western Washington native, Debbie has been involved in a variety of aspects of real estate for more than 32 years. She has investment properties that she manages Flipped houses at a variety of times over the last 10 years, including buying some homes, those of um, out from the live auctions. She also worked in the mortgage lending business for 10 years. She's a premier associate broker with Windermere and works with both buyers and sellers. And in her off time, she spends time with her kids and enjoys variety of outdoor activities and travels, working and loves working in her garden. Garden and traveling. Probably doing a little traveling in the garden, right, I, I am. And if
5: I had known that um, my colleague over here had a Harley, I would have put down that I enjoy my harley oh my
1: gosh that is awesome and you ride your own too i do oh that is definitely girl power vivian what's wrong with us (laughs) okay back to uh business about talking about flipping homes in the seattle market so vivian how is the current seattle market right now
4: well it depends if you're a buyer or a seller and what price point you're looking at Um, if you're looking at something that's 1 million to 1.5 million that's a different market um, however, uh, you know, continued low inventory and multiple offers um, uh, and competing offers uh, are, is driving the market up. So um, the Seattle average price right now is about $700,000 for a home
1: yeah that is crazy and, and you know the inventory you've, um, uh, with the lack of inventory, I think it's was they say King County normally is nine to ten thousand dollars of inventory or nine to ten thousand homes of inventory, which it's last time I saw it was like fifteen to 1800 just in King County so it's crazy out there uh, Debbie, how do you uh, decide if a house is a good flip property or not because that's a whole different dynamic when we talk about flipping versus holding the home
5: correct it is and
1: um, some people make it sound like it's really
5: glamorous <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's it's not I mean you really need to know what you're doing but as yeah. far as t- knowing you know whether it's a good flip or not it's really location and buying you you want to buy in an area where it's a hot area you want to yeah. be right now um, Almost everywhere is a hot area, but really you want to be in city, um, close to transportation. You want to um, know what's going on in the area, Uh that things are selling, you know, really quickly. So and you want to buy something that has good bones. Um, Flippers are not. Builders, So they they just want to fix up the house. They don't yeah. want to rebuild the house. So really just knowing that it has good solid bones and good potential for improvements or adding to unfinished space, just things that they can do that um, are quick yeah. and um, will not take six months to work on. Um, and right now, according to the Realty Track stats, last year um, in the area in King County, there was over 1500 Um, flipped homes and I would expect that there will be more of those coming in 2017. That is, that is
1: crazy and I, yeah, and I, um, as you're talking location, I'm, you know, thinking with flip too, you can really strategize in that location because at some point in time the market is, you know, going to adjust obviously. Um, that's, you know, that's without saying. And in the near future none of us see that, but still you want to be cautious in the the flipping if you're buying in the, in the location, the greater areas that are going to have, be uh, later in seeing a market turn. Right. Um, so, Debbie, what about um, uh, somebody that's thinking of investing in a flip property, what do they need to do to get started in this process? Well, I think very first thing they should do is align themselves with a
5: really good broker. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's key. Um, and find a broker that really knows the area that you want to be in um, and that you're comfortable in, in a price point that you are comfortable in. And someone that's willing to go out and kind of roll up their sleeves, there are some good deals out there that are on the open market, but a uh-huh. lot of times, you know, myself and Vivian, we go out and we door knock. We do old-fashioned door knock, yeah. and we pick up properties that way. And we target certain ones that we think, just from the outside, looks like it could be a great fixer. Might be a good thing, yeah, it's, yeah. And um, we know what the exit price would be mm-hmm. in that neighborhood, and we go
1: after it. And we bring So, sorry, when you're talking about experienced agents, then it's important that you're working with somebody that understands that process of flipping, because everything that you're saying there is, you know, dynamic to um, to understanding that process. Right. And as
5: a broker, if you've been doing this for a little while, and I've done some flips myself, Uh I can walk through a house usually and kind of estimate how much it will cost. I'm not a contractor, then I would, but I have a good idea, maybe, so I know if it's even something worth bringing an investor to look at. Because there's m- many properties that we would just say, no, this, there's not enough profit in this, or yeah. it needs too much work, or there's something wrong with it, and we won't even bother with Makes it. Makes sense.
1: So, Vivian, uh, when you're thinking about uh, flipping, what would you say on an average is the time frame of fixing up that home and being able to get it back on the market and selling it?
4: Well, Tina, in a perfect world, I would say about 60 days and okay. 90 days max. The goal is to have it fixed up and back on the market in that time frame. The longer it takes, the more it's costing and carrying costs and markets can change quickly.
1: Yeah, so you want to strategize again and why it's important to work with an experienced broker that understands how this process goes because the timing is important and, you know, making sure you've got all of those things lined up in the appropriate time um, associated to get it closed in that 60, 90 days. So, Debbie, uh, what items do investors need to consider when buying a property to flip?
5: Well, I think first they need to really know what the exit price is. Okay. You know, as the house, you know, finished product, and then from there, kind of work backwards on what will it cost to do the improvements. And they really need to know their numbers. If they are not an expert, bring they should be bringing a licensed contractor in and having them give them a really good idea of what it will cost. And and they really need to be prepared for surprises. Mm-hmm. Because when you start opening up walls and uncovering things, there's usually at least one or two sometimes very costly surprises. And and the other thing that I think a lot of flip, you know, investors forget about is the carrying costs. So if you are borrowing hard money because you don't have your own cash, mm-hmm. you you better remember th- to take that into account every month, every day. Taxes, carrying, co- you know, insurance that you still have to carry on the property. Yeah. Your selling costs, eight and a half nine percent selling costs. There's all those little things that people forget about that. And, and then, really, in the end, talking about taxes earlier, I think investors forget that there is some tax at the end.
1: Yes, so just having that plan of, of financially breaking it all out, making sure that you have that buffer um, for any unexpected things, what your carry cost is, mm-hmm. and then your exit, what's it going to cost in that excellent piece right. for the taxes. Great advice. Uh, Vivian, what amount of net profit do investors expect or hope to make?
4: Um, Right now, they're making about 30%, most of them. Okay. In Seattle. Uh, But I would say about
1: 20 to 30%. Okay, so after, after everything is, is uh, completed, the cost and, and the taxes and everything, being able to walk away with 20%, 30%. Not a bad deal if you know, you're able to walk away with that. And again, that's why the importance of the experience is important so that you can make sure that you're maximizing that profit. So Debbie, what is the biggest mistake investors make when buying a flip home? The wrong one? <laughs> <laughs> there has been a few of those. Uh-huh. Um,
5: I've had someone buy a house once and they didn't see the inside because it was at an auction and when they got into the property, the sewer had backed up and the basement was completely full. So you never know what you might get sometimes, um, especially if it's not a house on market and if you haven't had a chance to inspect it. That's usually not the case. But I think really the biggest mistake is thinking it's like the TV shows. Yes. And it's really not. Um, It is a lot of hard work. You really need to do your homework. You need to know what you're doing and you need to have a great team Yep. Um, of licensed contractors that you can rely on, I think that's just really, really um, important right now. And then just really knowing your costs, being able to calculate um, the bottom line. Um, you know what is and and allowing for mistakes yeah. or things to happen.
1: So, are you guys still picking properties up at auction? Are those that you, I do uh, really occasionally, you do? but. Um, they
5: usually get bid up so high that they are not just not a good buy. So,
1: majority of your buyers, you're finding their opportunities by what you said, just old fashioned creating yes. the opportunity by knocking on sellers' doors. That it might look like it's somebody that would be interested in doing that.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think in this market right now, with the prices for the Seattle uh-huh. area, when you are spending five hundred thousand, maybe yeah. four to five hundred for a. Fixer house, yep. You really better know what you're doing. No and have kidding. Numbers. That is mm-hmm. crazy. Vivian? Oh, I was just
4: going to say that, um, <clears throat> we're, I'm finding a lot of houses on, you know, the Northwest MLS too.
1: Okay. And so, how difficult is it, Vivian, um, in, in finding these opportunities for your clients that want to flip?
4: Uh, they, they, they come around. I saw one today, uh, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And if they have all cash, you can write a good offer. Yeah. And then if you look at the houses around and then like all the, all the new ones that have built that are selling for, you know, three times or four times more uh-huh. than that, then I show them that and then they can figure out the math.
1: Yeah, so if you're if you're thinking about flipping, it's probably just being with the the long haul and knowing that it may take some time to find that perfect house, but stick with it and um, make sure that you're being careful on the one that you're choosing and not trying to rush it and making uh, those big mistakes. Uh, Debbie, um, how do you advise buyers in this market to win in multiple offers? Just you know, traditional or your your flippers. Well,
5: um, obviously, it's be, it's competitive, so having cash, uh-huh. um, cash and, is king, and having everything. Um, doing pre-inspections for flippers, they usually do their own because they're they know they're going to tear it apart, so it's not as critical. Um, but just really, um, I also tell buyers if they're traditional buyers, you should be looking at price points, fifth, ten to twenty percent, maybe under what you can qualify for because you're going to be very disappointed when you continually lose out on offers because you're looking at your maximum price point and you can't compete because you can't escalate over the asking price. So uh, buyers get very burnt out and they get really tired of you know, losing out on, it's
1: discouraging for them. Yeah, yeah, great advice. Well, you know, there's opportunities out there to buy whether you're uh, buying your first home, you're doing a move up, had some creative options during a money chat uh, for investors that plan on holding and and renting it. And we've heard about flipping. There's uh, opportunities out there for flipping as well. So thank you guys so much for coming into studio and having a conversation with me about flipping real estate. Thank Thank you for having us. This was fun. (laughs) We'll have to have you come back. (laughs) This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great Saturday, great Sunday. I'll be here next weekend, same time, same place, right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
0: Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers in the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.